Welcome to Tube Talk, the show dedicated to helping you become a better video creator so you can get more views, subscribers, and build your audience. Brought to you by vidIQ. Download for free at vidIQ.com. Oh, yeah! Welcome back to another episode of Tube Talk presented by vidIQ. I am your host, Viper, the man about tech executive producer at the IQ. And today we're going to talk about a milestone that I believe every creator thinks about and dreams about yearns to hit when they start their YouTube channel. And that is hitting 1000 subscribers. And my guest today, my friend Angie from the Grow With Angie YouTube channel, she just recently crossed that 1000 subscriber threshold. So we're going to talk to her today about how she got there, things she noticed done, all that good stuff. But I know a lot of us think about it. Actually, I, on my brand new channel, I am very close to hitting that milestone myself. And even though I've done it before, it's always a feel-good moment when you, as a creator, no matter if you're starting a new channel or if you've done it before or whatever, it always feels good when you cross that 1,000 subscriber threshold because it's not easy. As we all know, it's not easy. You have to learn the platform. You have to learn your audience. You have to show up consistently. You have to up your game constantly. You have to be evolving, adapting, learning, willing to fail. There is so much that goes into being a successful creator on YouTube and getting to that first 1,000 subscriber milestone. The beautiful thing at vidIQ here is that we give you guys a bunch of content that will help you reach your first 1,000 subscribers. We have a bunch of content on our YouTube channel that can help you with that. This podcast has been full of episodes talking about it and different things like that. Actually, this podcast has been full of episodes talking about various YouTube milestones and aspects of growing a business on YouTube. So we are here. We are creator obsessed. We are obsessed with helping you as a creator reach your maximum potential on YouTube and even off YouTube. We are in the age of the creator economy where there are so many different opportunities for creators to maximize their income and impact. Now, I sound like Sean Cannell, but you know what I mean. The opportunities are out there for us. They are out there if you are willing to put in the work. The blueprint has been laid down. There have been tons of creators that have come before you and done it. They are still doing it. They are willing to share their knowledge to you about how they done it. They can't do it for you, though. You still have to go out there and put in the work and get your own success. But there are creators out there who are willing to lend their time and help to you should you reach out and ask for it. And we at vidIQ, we are a small part of that. Now, I've told you guys before, I haven't done this in a while, but I've told you before, if you ever have a thought about the podcast or you want to have a question answered on the podcast, to tweet at us at vidIQ using the hashtag TubeTalk. If you use that hashtag, it's easier for me to locate your tweet and your tweet has a chance of being mentioned here on the TubeTalk podcast. So after listening to today's episode, if you have any questions about things that we talked about or any questions in, about YouTube or content creation in general, tweet at us using the hashtag TubeTalk. Tweet at vid.q and I can try to answer it as best I can on the podcast or I can direct you to somebody who has an answer. Being on YouTube, we also have Clubhouse Room that I host once a week and other content creators host Clubhouse Room. So if you are interested in getting more of these YouTube tips and tricks and audio only. Um, I hold the clubhouse room myself every Thursday night or actually Thursday afternoon or at around 3 p.m. Eastern um, talking about different aspects of growing on YouTube. So feel free to check out the clubhouse room as well if you want to do that. I'm pretty sure most of y'all are already aware, but just in case you're not, every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern on our YouTube channel, we do live channel audit. So if you want to come and have your YouTube channel audited, 
it is absolutely free, but we do have a system in place, so we can't guarantee that we can audit all of your channel. But if you want to have a chance to get your channel audited, come visit the YouTube channel on Tuesday afternoons at 2 p.m. Eastern, and we can do that. On Wednesday afternoon, we do another live stream where we answer your YouTube questions, and that is also at 2 p.m. Eastern. So if you have any general YouTube questions, we can answer them. We don't do channel audits on Wednesday. Those are for Tuesday. But on Wednesday, we do answer your YouTube questions as best we can as we talk about different other topics relating to YouTube and such. So with that being said, make sure you check out the YouTube channel on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern if you want to level up your YouTube game in real time with the staff here at vidIQ. And on that note, I think it's time to bring in Angie to talk about her milestone and reaching her first 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. So let's roll to the podcast. Oh, yes. Welcome back to Tube Talk presented by vidIQ. And this week we have my friend Angie from the Grow with Angie YouTube channel. Hi, Angie. How are you? Good. How are you, Viper? I am good. Thank you for being here. Thank you for making the time. Definitely appreciate you. Thanks for asking me. I'm honored to be on this with you. (laughs) Oh, you are too kind. I wanted to bring you on here because you just achieved a recent milestone that a lot of creators shoot for when they first get onto YouTube. You just crossed 1,000 subscribers on your YouTube channel, and we will definitely be talking about that later on in the podcast. But the first question I have to ask you, Angie, is what brought you to YouTube? Oh, my journey is probably a little bit different than many. Um, I did not set out to have a YouTube channel or do anything like this. Quite honestly, I purchased a product and I joined their Facebook group to learn more about this product that I just fell in love with. And I was naturally just answering questions. And the company co-founder actually sent me a message and said, hey, did you know we have an affiliate program? And I didn't really know much about that. And I thought, I don't really want to do that. And then the more I looked into it, I thought, well, that's kind of cool. I can give a discount to friends and family. And he ended up coming back again and said, you know, the way that you're answering questions and interacting with people, maybe you should do a YouTube video review. And I know he wanted the video, right? (laughs) So I kind of thought about it and I threw up a video and I had five subscribers and I made a commission. And then I had seven subscribers. I made another commission. I had 10 subscribers and I made another commission. And I looked at my husband and said, I need to do another video. And so here I am (laughs) just over a year. It's been like a year and four months. And it's just grow with Angie, right? It's grown into its own beast. And I have five different companies that I'm working with now. So yeah, that's how I got started. Probably a little different than many. Yeah, that is definitely an original origin story for sure. Now, I know when we go to your channel, it is obvious by the way that you have branded and your channel banner and everything that you do content about gardening inside and outside gardening. But talking to you in the clubhouse rooms and everything, you always talk about this term hydroponic. I don't know what that is. So can you please explain to the listener what exactly is hydroponic? What does that mean? Hydroponics is growing a garden in a controlled environment. So inside, um, some people do hydroponics outside, but it's primarily inside. It is using water instead of soil. So it's a soilless growing and the water just runs over the roots. So your roots are sitting out in the air and you're controlling the water by adjusting the nutrients and the pH levels. And you can grow pretty much anything your heart's desire from flowers to vegetables, fruits, strawberries, tomatoes, whatever you want. And it's all inside. So you can just walk over um, all of my stuff's in my dining room and we just walk over and cut stuff off 
fresh and we eat it. So we don't go to the grocery store for any lettuces or spinach or anything anymore. So it is a very, very cool experience. And I think more people are being drawn to it because of what we've gone through in the last two years and people don't want to run to the grocery store or the grocery stores out. So I think that really kind of helped with the niche as well. People are just more interested in that. But yeah, that's the basics. That's the easiest way to explain it, I guess. Okay, now we can't really get into too much into the weave with the whole garden thing, but I have to know, listeners, so y'all need to bear with me for a minute here. But you just described hydroponics as growing plants with nothing but water. So I guess my question is, how is that different from growing them with soil? Like, is there any difference in the quality of the plant or does it matter or how does that work exactly? The plants will grow quicker because when they're outside in the soil, they have to draw the nutrients out of the soil. You're constantly watering. The sun will dry out the soil. Um, It takes longer for the root to actually get down into the soil and kind of find its base. Once the root establishes inside these systems, you're constantly giving it water and you're giving it exactly what it needs with the nutrients and the pH and they get watered. I do 15 minutes on and 45 minutes off. So every 15 minutes, this waterfall is running over the root system and then you've got your grow lights. So you can move your lights closer, you can move them farther away so you can adjust the grow lights to what the plant needs. So it's very controlled. Um, and you can literally sprout lettuces. I mean, they come up in like two days. <laughs> okay. So I know this, this probably come off a little harsh, but I don't really mean it that way. So gardening and hydroponics, obviously there is a set of people that want that content. Obviously you have a thousand subscribers, but it is, I think in my opinion, it's not something that will appeal to a more broader audience. In my opinion, anyway, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like there are a select bunch of people that will care about hydroponics, but most people otherwise probably would not. So the question then becomes, Angie, how, because clearly you are doing something right with your channel, how is it that you have gotten this very niche topic in subsection here? How have you made it more appealing to people that might not be interested in hydroponics, but obviously they come to you and they keep coming back to you? Like, what are you doing with your content to make it stand out in such a way that people that might not care about gardening and hydroponics, they are taking to your content. Well, I think with hydroponics, it is not just growing towers. As a lot of people think, there are a lot of different methods. There are DIYs. There are what we call deep water culture tubs. It's sprouting greens like microgreens. It's sprouting beans. Like if you go get oriental food and you get the sprouts on top of your food, you can bean sprout. It is actually a bigger thing than you probably think. There are a lot of companies that make like little desktop things. Um, I'm in some Facebook groups and there's 20 and 30,000 people in there that are talking about their plants on a daily basis. They're showing pictures of their tomatoes, um, asking questions how to self-pollinate inside because with your cucumbers, you have to self-pollinate everything. But I really think I take it to a level of you're growing it and then what are you going to do with it? So um, I've done where you can dry out your leaves and then you can make your own spices like grinding everything up. So really kind of taking it from the start to either putting it in food or saving it. I think a little bit of the prepper world really likes this too, because it's kind of preserving your own foods. But I do do outdoor gardening and you know, you probably have heard me talk about my chickens. So I do a lot of homesteading. I've been doing this for many years. And so it just kind of really niche down into that how do we do it inside? But yeah, I think there's a lot more people out there that are interested in it or people who have come to my channel and were just amazed that I can grow a 10 by 20 flat of microgreens. When you go to a restaurant, they're selling them to restaurants for, you know, they're making hundreds of dollars a week by selling microgreens. 
I really think there is a place for it, obviously, right? <laughs> I found it. <laughs> Clearly, you found it. So I want to talk more about the way that you have your channel set up as far as your, your titles, your thumbnails, your banner. Clearly, when I go to your channel, it takes me all of 10 seconds to understand that you are doing gardening content. I mean, your thumbnails have the garden in pretty much all of them. Your banner, the growing energy has a plant in it. Your titles talk about gardening and different aspects and techniques that you do for gardening. So how did you go about planning all that? Because obviously, you've been at this for a year, so you haven't been at this for that long, but... You are literally doing the things that we tell creators to do as far as making their channel recognizable and making themselves known for something and using that to grow an audience. And you are doing things the right way with everything. So was that plan or were you uh, is there one of the things where you kind of figured it out along the way or how did how did you bring, make it all come together? Well, I have to say thank you, Clubhouse, and thank you, Viper, for hosting your rooms. I found Clubhouse like probably a month after I started my channel. And I went in there and just soaked in a lot of information and watched a lot of YouTube videos on how to do YouTube. And I have changed my thumbnails over time. Um, I think when I got probably around to five or 600 subscribers, it kind of clicked as a viewer. So I looked at myself as a viewer. And when I had certain things show up to say, hey, this is a video we recommend you to watch, I wasn't even really looking at the title. I wasn't really diving into the thumbnail, but I recognized the face. And I think for me, that was just like this light bulb click of once I had a, so much of an audience that already recognized me, I'm just going to roll with it. Because if they just see my face, they're like, oh, I'm going to watch. She put up a new video. So there was that face recognition. My titles, I really went to other niches and I looked at kind of what they were titling. And I learned quickly that my channel was a how-to. So I started doing how to do this and how to do that. And now I've kind of started dropping that off because I think when someone goes to search YouTube or you search Google and you type in how to, Google kind of ignores the how to part and they just get to the meat of the title. So I have taken that off um, because I've heard you say too that you only get so many characters <laughs> that they're going to see. So I don't want to waste those characters with how to grow microgreens. So it's just growing microgreens and that type of thing. And the worm composting, I had no idea that when I started doing worm composting that that was going to be another sub niche that just took off. So you kind of look at the analytics and say, wow, this video over the last year has gotten thousands and thousands of views, return people, people asking questions. Questions. I need to follow up and do another video. I need to follow up and do another video. So I think really diving into the analytics, as scary as it is, it definitely, definitely helps. And looking at other people in your niche and not copying them, but taking inspiration from that and doing it your own way. Wow. Damn. This is like a masterclass <laughs> in everything that I've tried to tell people over the past year. Like it's amazing that you have taken it and ran with it and you've made it work for you. Look, as YouTube creators ourselves, we've all been there. Sometimes the next video on your weekly upload schedule is right around the corner, but you have no idea what you're going to record. Well, this exact situation is why vidIQ developed Daily Ideas. It's our newest tool that can help provide you with up to 50 new video ideas every single day. Your daily ideas are generated by our AI, which analyzes your channel and the wider YouTube community to find trending topics with high view potential. With this new tool, you'll never run out of great ideas for new videos. You can try daily ideas for yourself today by downloading vidIQ at vidIQ.com. 
I want to talk to you a little bit more about the things that you do and the group and different things that you're involved with outside of YouTube, because obviously me and you originally met in Clubhouse, but you're not just on Clubhouse. Obviously, you're on Facebook, you're on Instagram. So talk about how your presence on those other platforms has helped you grow your YouTube channel. I think my biggest one would be Facebook. And I tell people this all, all the time. Get into Facebook groups that are in your niche. But when you get into those groups, you have to respect the person that is running the group. Yes. So I have my own group now, and I don't want somebody coming in and just spamming all over. But if you go into those groups and you start relationships with the people, so you just naturally start answering questions, or maybe you post a question yourself and kind of see what people's feedback are. And then in the comments, you can say, you know, I have a YouTube channel. I have a video on this. If you'd like me to direct message you, I can do that. A lot of times the person who runs the group or somebody else will say, hey, this is what that group's for. Throw your video up. But I'm not just going in and just spamming my videos. And I'm trying to answer a specific question. So in that, when I post the video, I'll just tell them, hey, just jump to two minutes and 53 seconds and visually you will be able to see what I'm trying to explain. I hope that helps you. And you know, it's not just that one person that sees that comment. (laughs) So I'm in a ton of groups. I live in Northern Michigan. So I'm also in a Michigan backyard chicken group, which has, I think, 50, 60,000 people in it. So I try and put a lot of videos in there a lot of just regular standard gardening, hydroponics, beginners, one-on-one groups, and different name brands of hydroponics. I'm in their groups too. So I think that's a really good place for someone to get started and kind of push that traffic to YouTube. But YouTube is definitely my number one. I want everything to go to YouTube. That is awesome. And I love how you described about being present in other places, but not just trying to go there to leech subscribers and followers from those places. You go there to be an active participant in those communities. And then naturally, people are going to be curious about the things that you're doing on or in and out of that community. And you can, I know it might sound a little crazy to some of you all listening, but you can grow your YouTube by being present in other communities and groups and things. So just be aware. Well, how many times in Clubhouse now that we have chat, somebody comes in and throws in a, hey, subscribe to me and I'll make you a million bucks. And we all laugh, right? You can't go in with that attitude of just, here's a video, here's a video, here's a video. You're going to, you know, there have been two or three groups that have thrown me to the curb so quick because I answered something with a video. Um, I actually have another product that is similar to mine that on one of their Facebook ads, I was asking questions and I posted a picture of my systems and uh, I'm banned from making any comments. So there is just this like fine line. And I think if you're a YouTube creator and a content creator, like we all have a natural desire to help someone. I mean, that's right why we're doing these videos. We want to help someone. We want to encourage someone. We want to make somebody's day. We want to make them smile. That's why we do what we do. So you got to take that same attitude be respectful and do it in a whole bunch of groups. And I'm in, you know, I'm all over Instagram, Twitter, MeWe is another one that I'm all over. Yeah. So I kind of spread my wings. <laughs> that is awesome. Although I do believe that you getting kicked out of a group or answering the question with your video kind of childish and foolish, but I won't go into all that. I digress. <laughs> so I know it's their group. I'm going to respect it, whatever, right? <laughs> all right. But it's one thing to like go in there and just shamelessly self promote, but it's another thing to answer a question with a valid video that you did. But again, I won't digress into that. Okay. So here we hear the thing. When I look at your channel, you pretty much break all of my YouTube rules. You have all types of content on your channel. You have regular long form videos. You have YouTube shorts. You have live streams. 
and somehow you have made all of the intermingling of content work. Again, it's not something that I would do or recommend people doing, but you have made it work. So can you talk to us a little bit about how the different types of content that you present on your channel, have you somehow have made it all work for you? Yeah, shorts. I started shorts because the people were encouraging that shorts came out and we all got to jump on the shorts bandwagon. And so I did do quite a few shorts at the beginning and they really did do good. The ones that do well are people just wanting to watch the chickens, which is so silly, hilarious. They're doing nothing but dust bathing and it gets 5,000 views in 24 hours. <laughs> but I really did go back to my audience and my subscribers in my Facebook group and I asked them, do you want short form? Do you want long form? Do you want you know this or that? And really the feedback was the long form. Because of what I do, they want as much stinking detail on everything that I can possibly fit in. So my videos do tend to go long. They can be around 20 minutes, but I have a really good view duration because people you know, that's what they want to hear. And then I just loved the podcasting world. I've watched you and I've watched other people do this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want a microphone. I want to do it. So I started kind of just going live and getting over that fear. And I'll tell you, doing live actually helps my recording of my videos because yep. you got to be quick. You got to think what you want to say. And so when I'm doing the actual videoing, I don't have scripts. I don't script anything. I just kind of think in my head. I sit on the couch quietly and I think, what does this video look like when it's done? And then I go and I start recording because I've done live and it's like, you know, you got to quick, quick, quick. I have a lot less editing to do because I kind of already know what I'm going to say and how I'm going to present it. And I love doing live though. So yeah, the podcast just kind of came about and it's been fun and people hang out and get to ask questions. And I think when you're new, just trying everything and then you just kind of find where you fit and you might as well do it in your first year when you don't have, you know, 5 million subscribers, right? <laughs> do it while nobody's watching. <laughs> now, since you are doing multiple types of content on your channel, again, you're doing long form, you're doing shorts, you're doing live streams. How has your analytics like look from you doing all of those different things? Have you noticed a uh, hit in your analytics? Have you noticed like a big difference, small difference? Like what is the analytics looking like for you as you do all the different types of content? Well, I think shorts, and I think this is another reason why I've kind of backed away from them just for my personal niche. Shorts really messes up my analytics because it will tell me that I've had, you know, 5,000 views in this amount of time. And then when I go in and I post a long form video, it will tell me, like, basically, it's giving me a big thumbs down, like this, you know, you're not getting the views, your average view duration is off, your whatever. It throws all my numbers off. And I, I'm not a big fan of that because. I want that pat on the back, right? I want it to have the green arrow and say, you know, this is getting better. And I think the shorts really kind of threw that off. The podcasting, the lives, that actually really helps your hours, your watch hours. I can do one of the lives and even if people are in it live or they go back and they watch it later because you're kind of just free talking. I don't know if they feel like maybe they're going to miss something and they've got to stay. But every single time I do a podcast... The next time I look, my hours just, you know, they just roll. So that's kind of why I want to keep the podcast in the long form. But I don't know how much more of the shorts I'm going to do, honestly, just because it messes up numbers. Okay, I want to dig into this a little bit deeper. So we always talk about, at least here on VidIQ, we talk about how the algorithm is a measurement of human behavior. Now, this is very interesting because what I'm about to say is going to sound kind of contradictory, but you get 5,000 views on your shorts from what you just told me. But when you do the long form videos, you don't get the views that you get on the shorts and you don't like that. But 
you went to the people in your Facebook group and they said that they want to see more longer form content from you. But when you go to YouTube and you look at the YouTube analytics, it's telling you that the people want more short form content from you. So how do you like reconcile those? Because you got the people telling you one thing, but the numbers seem to be telling you something different. So how do you work with that? The people speak and I listen. (laughs) Okay. I really am not about, you know, I'm not looking to have the next viral video. I guess that's just part of my attitude. And some of my YouTube shorts, they don't do very well. And they'll go out and they'll get 50 views. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with that? The other one was out in 24 hours. It had 3,000. It's just kind of like you're playing bow and arrow. And sometimes you hit the bullseye and sometimes you don't. And your arrow's flying off 20 acres into the woods. I don't really know. But I think when I'm creating content, I'm creating it for my viewers. Yes, it's my channel. Yes, it's content that I want to do and I love doing. But if it wasn't for the viewers and it wasn't for the subscribers, nobody would watch. So if they're telling me they want long form, I just got to say, I'm not going to care that much about the numbers. I'm, I'm going to do it for the people. Okay. I'm going to do it for the subscribers. I, I mean, that is noble. And I mean, that's a good thing to do. The only reason why I ask because, you know, when you put the content on YouTube and you see that your, some of your shorts perform very well, it's clear that people are taking to your shorts if they're performing that very well. But kind of like what you were talking about, shorts is like almost like playing the lottery. Mm-hmm. You might hit it big, you might hit it small. So you're like, and sometimes right. they come back around, which is really weird. That's that always too. throws me off too. I've had some that didn't do very well. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. They just, they just popped off. So I find it admirable that you are taking an approach where, you know what? I tried to short some of them did well, but they're not really doing what I feel like they should be doing or you feel like they could be doing better. So you're going to listen to the people and you're going to stick with the long form content because me personally, I won't put a short on my channel at all. I, I'm not even about to entertain it because I tried it on my other channel and they just didn't do anything. And I don't want to make the content like that because I don't want to mess with the people's expectations of what they can expect from me. So that's why I personally won't do short. But as a new creator coming up, we tell you guys to experiment all the time and figure out what works best for you and your audience. And you you tried it, you experimented it, it didn't work. And now you're going back to your long form content. So kudos to you. Thank you. And I think I'm a little OCD in how my channel page, my landing page looks. Mm. And if YouTube would move the shorts to its own tab. Oh my, oh my goodness. Yes. So we, yes. YouTube, listen to us. You have your main page, then you have your video, then you have your live, then you have your community. Give me one that says shorts and I will probably do them again. I don't like how they're just thrown in and intermixed. And I've had some times where I let YouTube select the next best video at the end with the card and someone's watching a 20 minute video and the next suggested thing is a 30 second clip. And I just, I'm like, that's not why they're there. <laughs> they're there for the 20 minutes. Right? So right. I think I'm a little OCD that I don't like the way that they look either. But you know, who knows? It might change in the future. <laughs> Definitely. I want to go back to uh, the way you title your videos and you do your descriptions and different things like that. Now, before you told me that you are a customer of vidIQ and you do use some of the vidIQ tools to help you uh, with your tags and things. So talk about the vidIQ tools that you like. My biggest one is just getting the thought process for like the tags and different subjects because it's really hard to be almost creative in that way. Like I just go back to the Instagram where you're just throwing hashtags on there. So I do like that it kind of gives you like these suggested or it's telling me what tags have worked for other videos. Like here's all the tags. These are the ones that have the most clicks on them. So I can reuse those and make sure that they're all on the videos. 
the titling again is just kind of going into my niche. Usually if I'm going to do say one on microgreens and some kind of a new tray or growing media, we call it, which is part that the seed goes in, I will actually go into YouTube or I go to Google and I will type in something and I will see what the top videos are that are served back up to me. And if those titles are grabbing people, I'm like, okay, I'm going to kind of use that title as well. So I've been doing that. I haven't really used the comparison where it gives you another channel in your niche to compare. And I think I'm kind of at this stage kind of backing away from it because I don't want to compare myself. I don't want to be compared to a really big channel and then sit here and think, well, why do they have 50,000 subscribers and I did the same video? I think as I grow, that will be a very essential, awesome thing. But I just don't want too much negativity, I guess. And I think the word comparison, like comparing to another channel, I think it kind of scares me off a little bit. Sorry, I'm being honest. (laughs) No, that's what we want on this podcast. We want honesty. I want creators to listen to this podcast and learn from people who are doing it, have done it, are on their way to doing it. And you are definitely on your way. So I appreciate the honest, candid feedback that you were giving today. So thank you. I love it. (laughs) I love it. This is beautiful. I want to go back to something that you were talking about early on in the podcast, and that is You started your YouTube channel because you were doing reviews of a product and you were making video reviews of the product. You weren't necessarily doing it for the company at that time, but you were just doing it, the reviews of the product to do it. And then it kind of became its own thing. But you also said that now you work with five companies. Now, I want to talk about this because especially creators up and coming, they feel like they can't work with brands because they're too small or they don't feel like they have value to offer or any number of excuses that they come up with for why they can't work with brands. But you, ma'am, just crossed a thousand subscribers and you already talking about how you work with five brands. So I'm curious, did these brands reach out to you or did you reach out to them or how did these relationships come about? Oh man, affiliates. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> affiliates is actually one of my favorite things to talk about because I think people don't really tap into that and they think that because they're small. But if you're trying to go after a company that is like, you know, I won't drop any big names, but if you're looking at really big, huge name companies, no, they don't care about you. But if you're finding Finding a company that's smaller, yeah, they want you. They don't care how many subscribers you have. So I think once I did the first couple of reviews and I started seeing people were using my coupon code and I was making commissions on those, I started thinking, what else can I do? And that actually was my worm composting one. I was like, well, I have that worm composter. I'm going to do a video. And then this light bulb clicked and I thought, I wonder if they have an affiliate program. So what I tell people is either products that you already own, products that you really like and you want to review, before you purchase them, go to their actual website. So not through Amazon, actually go to their website.com, scroll all the way down to the bottom and where it says contact us, about us, I can't tell you how many companies actually have a little thing down there that says affiliate program and you click it and you apply. And so I ended up applying for the worm composting bin. And they came right back and sure enough, here you go. Here's all your tags. Here's everything that you need. And then I did get myself into Amazon. And then I started really searching for different companies for seeds. Um, A lot of people collect seeds. It's like this big, huge thing in the garden world, especially in the spring. People are buying hundreds and thousands of packets of seeds. So I started going to big seed companies. Sure enough, they all have affiliate programs. So I just started applying to all of them. And one of the companies... 
that I did the affiliate program for, it threw me to a third party company, which is Ascend. I don't know if you've heard of that or not, but it threw me to Ascend and I had to apply through Ascend. So I got accepted. And within four to five weeks, I had another seed company send me a message through that program. And it said I had a pending approval. And I looked at it and they wanted me to be part of their affiliate. And I was like, well, that was easy. (laughs) So yeah, I kind of started collecting them. And uh, it's been pretty amazing. And then my first affiliate as an inspiration to people, my first affiliate came back to me and said, we really, really like your content. And we have a vision that our blog on our website would have videos that would go along with those blogs. Can we hire you? So I am actually now making content for the other company and um, just selling them content. So, and here I am, yeah, just at a thousand subscribers. <laughs> so y'all, I want you all to listen to this very carefully. This woman has 1,000 subscribers on YouTube and a company- 1,018. Oh, my bad, my bad, 1,018. I forget your fact tape, I forget your fact tape, but- she has 1,018 subscribers now, and a company is paying her to make content for them. Yes. I just want you all to understand the possibilities that we have today as being a part of the creator economy, even for you newer creators out there. I tell you all the time, if you put in the work, yes. people will notice and they will want to work with you. It's not about your follower count or your subscriber count. It's about your quality of work. Yep your consistency, your relationship that you built with your community, different things like that. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it because as I told you all before, when these companies reach out to work with you, they look at everything and they have systems in place that they can see everything that you're doing online. So they see this stuff, they do their research and then they reach out and Angie is living proof of it doesn't matter how big you are, you can still go out here and make noise. I love it. Yeah. And there was a someone in Clubhouse that I actually talked to um, on the phone because I freaked out. And I was like, what? They want me to actually sell them content. And I thought it was really amazing because no one knows like, you know, what do we charge? Right. And right. the biggest piece of advice that this person gave me was think of what you're worth in your mind. Like, what do you think you would sell a 15 minute video for or whatever? And then triple it. And that blew me away. And so I kind of sat back with a price in my head and I was just negotiating back and forth and I didn't really just throw that number out. And it was probably a month or two later. I mean, it takes time. Be patient (laughs) to figure things out. And they came back and said, okay, how much can we get from you if we pay you this month? And that amount was almost the three times that I had in my head. And I was like, wow. So don't underestimate yourself, right? Because these companies who have been around for a year, two years, three years, four years, they're paying you to do something that they're not going to be able to afford if they do a regular commercial. And I don't know how much the Facebook ads are, but come on, Facebook ad goes up, it comes down. My video has been up for a year. You know, my beginning ones, a year, year and a half, it's evergreen content. As long as that company is still making that product, that video is still there. So I think that was probably my biggest lesson was take what you think in your head that you're worth and triple it. And it's true. Oh my God, such fire in this podcast. I love it. I love it, Angie. You are awesome. So I want to talk about your relationship with the creator community because obviously you've been doing YouTube about a year now. You've been all over. You've been on YouTube, Clubhouse, Instagram, Facebook, all of the things. So talk about your relationship with the creator community. How have they treated you since you started making content? Well, Viper, let's just say you were around on that Thursday morning that I hit 1K and I could hardly talk because I was crying. (sighs) 
and uh, yeah, and I wasn't speaking, and you told me to come up and give a speech, and that just made me. <laughs> you're like, get up here and talk, give a speech. We want to hear from you, <laughs> and I lost it, and I started to cry, and I was so surprised to have other YouTubers that care about other YouTubers, that content creators cared about other content creators. And just like talking about affiliates and doing that thing and sharing that information. I feel that so many people, I always say, sowed seed into my life, right? My growing. So they sowed seed into my life and then I can turn around and give it back. But that community is just, it blows me away. The time that people have spent, and I have actually uh, moderated rooms. I do that a lot on Mondays, and now I'm doing a late night on Thursdays for people who want to stay up late at night. And just to sit around and talk about YouTube, I cannot go to my family and my parents and complain about ABDs and click-through rates and you know all these things or say, hey, I'm going to do a podcast with Viper. My parents are like, you know, who's Viper? Sorry. (laughs) But it's like, it's this community that just totally embraces you. And I never thought that people would be like that. And it's just, yeah, I... I encourage everybody to find other content creators that you can have those conversations with and they can almost kind of become like coworkers in a sense. So yeah. And just thank you. I mean, my gosh, I met so many people just being in your groups too and listening to you on the vidIQs where you just go off and you're on a roll and you're rambling for 45 minutes and I'm just like on fire. I'm like, where's my notepad? I got to write all this down. It's just, yeah, it's fantastic. (laughs) Well, you know what? I appreciate you being here on the podcast. I appreciate you being in the clubhouse rooms and just being a part. And I appreciate the work that you have put in to grow your channel because as you've heard me say over and over again, I respect people that are doing the thing, that are putting in the work. And clearly you have put in the work. And not only have you put in the work, you put in the work in a niche that isn't the most glamorous thing in the world, but you have found a way to make it stick with people and they come to you for that content. So congratulations to you. Kudos to you. Before we got here, Angie, do you have any advice for any upcoming creators that are looking to follow, uh, maybe following your footsteps or hit their first 1,000 subscribers on YouTube? Yeah, I hope it was, or I wish it was 100,000. We'll get there. We'll get there. I think just, you know, it's so cliche. Just just do it. Just record a video and throw it up there. My first video was terrible. It was horrible. And I just revisited that a year later and I actually had fun with it. So I did the almost the exact same video a year later and I used my first video as B-roll and I kind of go through this whole thing. And at the very end, instead of my normal sign off, I go back to that ending of that first video and that's how it ends. And I'm just like, so if you like this, leave a comment. (laughs) I hope you got value. No, I didn't even say that because I didn't know that back then. So it just kind of like this energy and then it just drops off of me with really bad lighting and no sound and, you know, leave a comment, please hit subscribe. You know, it was so funny. So I think, you know, just embrace where you are, just hit record, do it. And then just think in a year's time, I'm going to be able to go back and look at this video and either laugh, embrace it, reshow it. I know you did a, where you reacted to your first one, like just embrace it and just start. I mean, my gosh, you're not going to know unless you start. I didn't know how to edit right? I just kind of threw myself into it. And now I feel like I got a good grip on video editing. So yeah, you just got to do it. There's no other way except for just jump in and hope you can swim and then grab a couple YouTube friends to throw you a life jacket. (laughs) That is some awesome, awesome advice. Angie, appreciate you being on the podcast. Uh, If people want to rock with you, where are the best places to find you? 
Well, everything is Grow With Angie. So I make it pretty stinking easy. So the YouTube channel is Grow With Angie. Instagram is Grow With Angie. My Facebook group is Grow With Angie. Twitter, MeWe. I know a lot of people don't know MeWe, but I have a pretty good following there. Yeah, I'm just everywhere. Just type in Grow With Angie. I'll come up. <laughs> Do y'all hear that consistent branding across the board? We're going to talk about branding in another podcast, but that consistent branding is legit. Angie, thank you again for being here. Definitely appreciate you being here today. So thank you for making the time. Appreciate all of you all listening to another episode of Tube Talk presented by VidIQ for Angie. I am Viper. I will be back next week with another episode of Tube Talk presented by VidIQ. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tube Talk brought to you by VidIQ. Head over to vidiq.com slash tube talk for today's show notes and previous episodes. Enjoy the rest of your video making day.